0: Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager.
1: Hello and welcome to Front and Nationwide. This is The Athletic's dedicated Blue Jackets podcast. Aaron Portzine with you on a bright and chilly Thursday. Blue Jackets coming off a, I don't know if heartbreaking is the word, very, very, very difficult loss in Pittsburgh. Up 4-0, lose 5-4 in overtime. Kind of a, a weird one because if this I don't know we can get into this I'm, I'm sure people uh, may people may have questions about it or maybe people have moved on but kind of a, a difficult game to to evaluate because you shouldn't of course you should never lose a game you lead for nothing on the flip side you could just see that this has this has happened to the blue jackets when they played the penguins in good times when they when we thought this was going to be a rivalry back in 17 18 19 20 those seasons they would collapse against them at the most inopportune times this team almost gets a little bit of i don't know maybe a curve not everybody but it's the pros so not too big of a curve but as we noted half this team is AHL half is and rookies like there it's it's, um, it's such a huge experience imbalance but a tough one in pittsburgh we can discuss that of course in Kuhlman's blue jackets first round draft pick number 25 overall in 2021 has signed with the blue jackets a three year entry level deal that starts next year uh, he has a pto that will allow him to play in cleveland and speaking to him last night we'll have a story published here probably later today um, he's coming to columbus on friday he's going to be in nationwide for the Blue Jackets game Saturday against the Blues and then he's off to Cleveland first practice with the the Monsters on Monday and probably debuting uh, the following Thursday against Grand Rapids so his pro career is nigh very talented player offensive minded but also has some size and uh, one thing he mentioned I think he'll be interested in his he thinks he can be a more physical, confrontational player in pro hockey than he was uh, given a chance to be at Wisconsin, given their system. So he is out of Wisconsin after his sophomore season. I don't think that's a surprise for most people. Uh, Blue Jackets' next game is not until Saturday against the Blues, and they've got a uh, long road trip after that. I believe it's eight out of nine after that. Uh, So if you're looking to catch a Blue Jackets game seven out of eight, after that, or, or on the road, um, that might be a good time to grab one. Um, as always, the floor is yours. You guys set the conversation. If you have a question, you can post it uh, as a text message on the on the app, or you can step to the queue. Um, don't be afraid of the queue, people. Let's have a conversation if we can. It helps to hear your voices and and uh, and uh, and have a conversation that way. If you want to. Join us, please do. Um, We'll go for probably 45 minutes today. We've got um, a story going tomorrow, I believe. Yes, tomorrow. uh, Taking a closer look at the five teams currently in the battle for the number one overall draft pick in the uh, NHL draft lottery. I still don't have a a date for the draft lottery. Uh, The league sets that according to the playoff schedule. So... Look for that either towards the end of the regular season or just after it, but probably mid-April to late April uh, for that <laughs> lottery draw. And what a huge moment that is for, geez, so many franchises this year. Uh, we can talk Bedard. We can talk Mantilli, uh We can talk Leo Carlson. We can talk Michkov. It's all up to you. Uh, feel free to weigh in. Um, I see Brandon in here early. If, if uh, you've got a question or a comment, by all means, post it or step to the queue, and uh, we'll try to get to you. Um, Brandon says, I can't be the only one who was dying a little bit inside when we went up 4 nothing at the prospect of winning, when we prefer to lose, and somehow died even more inside when we ended up losing. Obviously, referencing the Pittsburgh game. How do you go about balancing always wanting your team to win? while knowing it is better long-term for them to lose. Well, you know what? The team that that uh, this happened against, nobody knows the value of having a season like this more than they do. Uh, for, we're talking two generations now. It's how they got Lemieux. It's how they got Malkin. It's how they got Crosby. Um, they tanked for Ovechkin and didn't get him. They got Malkin instead. But and it is um, it's messy, and I get it because you. It's such a we've been through this so many times through so many seasons here, and they've never quite done it. They still haven't done it. There's still 18 games to go here, and they're still playing hard. I mean, this team they they didn't. I keep hearing that they're tanking. It sure looks like it results wise, but they, they didn't quit in Pittsburgh. They didn't. By no means did they throw that game. They were devastated by that game. Kent Johnson was pissed off after the game, which is, to me, a really good sign. But they're, they're not losing these games intentionally. They still have 18 games to go here. Chicago's going to be tough to hold off. Um, but it, it's it's a mess. And, you know, on, on one hand, I, I get it from a pride standpoint and, and from a competitive authenticity, just who are you? I mean, you can't expect the players to to, to tank, and they don't. And yet, and people who say that it, it, it doesn't always work out, but it doesn't always work out. Of course, nothing always works out in pro sports. It's a, very much a moving, breathing, living thing. There's no one way to do it. But it's pretty hard to look at Colorado that just won the Cup. How did they get Nathan McKinnon? They, would, they picked third or fourth the year they got McCarr, but they had the worst record in the league that year. That's how they got McCarr. I mean, tell me that they win a cup without McCarr and McKinnon. No, no chance. There's no chance. How many cups does Pittsburgh have without Crosby and Malkin? I'll take zero, right? Does Washington win that cup without Alexander Avechkin? No no they don't and so it's not the only way to do it the kings have won some cups they, i don't think they've ever tanked boston might win the cup this year they didn't they haven't tanked but there are more examples of teams that have built their franchises around number 1 picks than there are examples of teams that haven't and still won like that that's just what it is and and I I can tell you that the the Blue Jackets' dressing room—they are not losing games intentionally. They're not. Management is would be okay with having the last place record in the league. The players, not so. Um, I think it's nothing against Connor Bedard. It's not that they don't want him necessarily. They just—they just are wired to be competitive and to win, and I think you have to respect that. But it does make for a very awkward time. And as Brandon said. What a weird, what a weird stretch of, of emotions in that game for many Blue Jackets fans on Tuesday, where you're like, oh, God, now they're beating the Penguins. You have to beat the Penguins this year. Why are you doing it this year? And then they lose, and now you're crushed because Pittsburgh did it to you again. So I get it. It's, it's, um, these are strange times. These are strange times. Um, let's go to the, uh, queue. We've got, we've got uh, three in here. We'll get to Kyle and Jonathan in a second. Uh, Stephen, you are first up on Front End Nationwide. Stephen P., I believe it is. Go ahead, please. Fire away with your question. Thanks for being with us. Just a quick question about the the whole Coyotes
2: circumstance. I just wanted to hear your kind of thoughts as to do you see that as a necessary evil to have a place where bad contracts go to die? Or is that something that needs to be addressed uh, from an NHL front
1: office standpoint? Yeah, it's a good question. Mark Lazarus wrote a wonderful piece on the Athletic website. Um I think it posted yesterday. Just about I mean this is salary cap circumvention and it's it's two teams working together to do it. It's Anaheim or sorry, Arizona with with many other teams. Um the Blue Jackets just took advantage of it with with Voracek's dump many have. Um the only way to change it is to do away with or to change the CBA. So we're talking the next uh, negotiation because what they're doing is legal. Um, I, I've said it many times. Whenever you establish a salary cap or whenever you write a new CBA, and the, the minute it's, the ink is dried on it, half the league starts looking for ways to work around it. What doesn't it say? What does it not explicitly say we can't do? um arizona's in a bind and i tell you what if gary bettman ever gets booed in arizona those people should be ashamed of themselves (laughs) because there aren't too many people who too many commissioners who would be as patient as he has been with that marketplace he wants a team there they're giving that community every chance to get the scottsdale situation done right but in the meantime This is how their finances have to work. They play in a building with 4,500 people. So it's about one-fourth the size of most rinks in this league. And that's just impossible. Uh, They they were in financial straits before. Now cut 75% of your attendance out. Um, So they're looking for basically paper money that gets them to the salary cap floor. The tough thing is you're basically writing off. I mean, it's amazing. I think they're fourth from the bottom now. It's pretty impressive that they're not dead last in the league. They might be again next year. I just don't know how you get anywhere. It's tough to sell a market on a franchise when you're chronically losing like this. And with all of that dead money, and with the inability to spend more, I'm not sure how they get better over the next three or four years. Like they, they just moved a, a defenseman, a Jacob Chickren, who's a pretty good player, and not old. Um, he's like 24, 25 years old. Those are the guys you tend to hold on to in the NHL. But he's already reached a point where where he's, he's out, and they're they're cashing guys in for younger and even cheaper than that. So it's kind of a mess. I think it's all going to come down to what Scottsdale decides to do. If they actually raise, you know, agree to spend that much money to build a new place. And who knows in 10 years, that could be one of the crown jewels of the league. It's a huge TV market. Scottsdale's a much different setting. If you've ever been there than Glendale is, um, I clearly, the commissioner thinks that this will all be worth it in the end. Um, but it's it's it is short term, and for three more years, I think at least three more years, of mess. So, what are your thoughts on it? I mean, I'm not
2: far, not educated enough to say, but just to me, it screams that if you're going to send out a memo about not trading picks to hit, stash on LTIR before the playoffs,
1: how is this yeah. uniquely different than that presentation? Yeah. yeah, it's crazy, and every league's got their their uh, tough. Spots, maybe not the not, maybe not the NFL, but this is a weird one. In, in all of sports, this is a very unique situation. But Stephen, thanks for the uh, thanks for the question. Thank you.
3: Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with twenty four seven U.S. based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card.
0: Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone?
2: Hey man, go ahead. Great. Uh, just real quick, uh, I also I'm just want to say I'm fully behind Team Tank. Uh, so I also get uh, the first uh, person's question about how tough it is when you're sitting there, the jacket score, and you kind of celebrate for a moment, and then you're like, oh no, crap. So yeah, uh, I, I, it's it's a bizarre it's a bizarre place to be for sure. Um, Hopefully you'll never be there again. Means- yeah, absolutely. It would be great if, if after this season we could just see a nice big uh, incline quickly. So, um, but my question to you is, uh, what do you think? So, I think we all can pretty much, seems universally agreed upon, if the Jackets are one, it's Bedard. If they're two, it's Fantilli. Even though I saw in the article the other day that, uh, I, I can't remember if it was Wheeler or Prondman, actually put Mitchkov as number two, as the number two best player in the draft above Fantilli, I believe. Yeah. Um, but my question to you is, if they fall to three or or below, yeah, at what yeah. point do you think that they would pivot from center to Michkov? I'm because like I, on the one hand, like I know that he's locked up for three more years in Russia, but once you get to certain talent fall offs, you're talking two to three years before they're an impactful NHL player anyway. Right. You know. So right. like, would would a guy like a Carlson? Um, or Will Smith, or some of these other guys that are kind of in that, t- that, st- that center position at uh, upper end of the draft, but not Van Tilly or Podart, are they good enough and would be impactful soon enough to outweigh that Mitch Cobb doesn't play center and that he can't be here for three years? Um, yeah. so what what yeah. do you think about that? like, Where do you feel like Mitch Cobb? Well, where does well, it have to
1: go? It's the wrinkle to this wrinkles. draft for sure. My um My sense is that most teams in this league would go uh, Bedard first and then either Fantilli or Carlson second or third. And it seems like most would go Fantilli two, Carlson three, but keep in mind, they're either not talking or they're not telling you the truth about this stuff. So, but that that, that seems to be the pecking order. My sense with the Blue Jackets, though, I don't think they would go Michkoff unless they end up at five and the first four off the board are all the centers. So the three you've mentioned and Will Smith and there may even be another center in there that they take. Um, it, and it, it's, it's, it's a real, uh, it's a real mind bender because they don't even want to think about being that low anyways. But I, I think the desperate need for centers here is so, so much. Maybe that's not the way to do it. But I do think they would pass on Vichkov, potentially even at four. It's something to consider, too, is if they end up at four, and they think they can get Will Smith a little bit lower than that, and these are scenarios, again, that neither the club nor the fan base want to consider at this point. I get it. Do you trade down? to five or six and let someone come get Meechkov along with something else. That's the scenario where it could happen too. If you, if you find yourself outside of the top three, but I do think they're clearly uh, in Bedard, Fantilli, Carlson mode. And then it gets interesting with Meechkov after that, but I don't know that he's four for them if they, if they land there and stay put. And it's, it's the, um, it's it's tough cuz you don't you don't like you said you don't want to take a lesser player and wait, you know, a year for Will Smith instead of 3 for Meechkov but i think it's the position that maybe swings in more than more than the uh contract situation and who knows with Meechkov he's got a, his current contract is 3 more years what if he extends i mean that's not that's not out of the question. Who knows where international, um, how, how do I say this nicely? Who knows what the world might look like, including Russia, in three years, the way things are going. I think all of these things have to be considered. I think it's just too much of a hot potato. I think, I think they want to go center, hardcore center. And if they stay where they are, they're not going to pick lower than third. If they drop one spot, they're not going to pick lower than fourth. So some things would have to change here for that to be a consideration, but stranger things. It's a good question. It's a really good question. And it's probably one that will be explored as we get closer to the draft. Sure. Absolutely.
2: And then one other thing I was curious about, uh, I know that they said that with the LTIR announcement from from the the NHL that, um, that impacted the Nyquist return, did you ever get any kind of sense of where the, Nyquist return might have been pre that announcement that they were going to crack down on the
1: LTIR stuff. You know, I, I I I didn't, and I don't even know that it ultimately applied to it because he's there is a you can you can go back and trace when he was injured him saying immediately that he plans to play before the end of the season, and I, I think there is a reasonable expectation. This isn't Nyquist to Wild wasn't just the Wild saying okay we can. We can get a player that's not going to cost us anything, and then add him in the playoffs. Um, I think there's a sense that he's going to play before the end of the season. It Might be the final week, uh, but I think he can he can prove that that there is an expectation that he will be ready to play during the regular season. That it's not purely just a it's not someone trying to be a, a, a smartass with their deadline moves and get an advantage over other clubs. Um, sure. That's my sense. I, I don't know that it affected... I was amazed that he was the first guy to go, to be honest with you. And also amazed that there aren't any conditions on the pick. I thought there would be strong conditions on the pick, um, yeah. depending upon his ability to play. But so then that also tells you how confident they are that he can, he'll can be back.
2: Yeah. I thought Honestly, I thought that that was one of the... the... Weaker return. I felt like Gavrikov and Corposalo kind of made sense given where the market got to at that point after the Boston thing yeah. fell through. Um, but I, I was a little disappointed that it was only a non-conditioned fifth for, for Nyquist. That could be a great. I mean, I don't think the Wild are doing much in the playoffs anyway. But um, you know, I think he'll he'll be good for them at that at that
1: cost. Yeah, it's fair. You're, if you look at it from their perspective, they're trading for probably a secondary or third tier scorer at this point in his. Career, probably a third line guy for them in the right fit. And he does, he is injured. And so there's a little bit of risk there. I thought it would be like a sixth round pick that could be as high as a fourth if he played 10 games or or more. But, yep,
2: agreed. Okay. Thanks, Aaron.
1: Thank you. Thanks Thanks for the question. And let's go to, we've got Philip N with us. Philip, you are on front and nationwide. Go ahead, sir.
2: Hi. Um, Quick question, and uh, I arrived a little late, so I don't know if you've already answered this. Um, There's been rumors from the uh,
1: national reporters that the Blue Jackets might be interested in Kevin Hayes. Have you heard anything on that front? I have heard that. I've heard that name specifically. Um, that, That doesn't surprise me that he could potentially be on his way out of Philly. Um, there's also obviously a desire by the Blue Jackets to add veteran players. I'm not sure Kevin Hayes is the guy you're looking for in that category. He is a veteran player. I'm not sure if he's. this is nothing against him. I'm not sure if he's defined in most places as a leader. I think one of the things that's tricky about all of this is, I mean... These guys, he what is he? Thirty years old. Those guys just don't move. The, the other thing that, that scares the daylights out of me that I find hard to believe is he's making seven a little over seven million dollars a year, and he's got three years after this one. Like, I'm not saying it's not gonna happen. I'm sure it's been talked about. Um, that seems like an odd fit. To me, I'm not sure his production, where's he at this year? Uh, 17, he's a 50-point guy, so he's having a decent year. Better year than I thought he was having. He only had 31 points uh, each of the last two seasons, 41 before that. It's been kind of sketchy for him. That's a lot of money for seven. That's a lot of money for meh production. The other thing that works is he's really good friends with, with um, Johnny Gaudreau. I, I don't know that they that need to start bringing people's friends in here to play with them um, purely for that. I, I mean, to me, that that's a player that's not worth $7 million, but we'll see what they can come up with um, veteran voice-wise. I'm not a huge fan of that one, but, but we shall see. Um, thanks for the question, Philip. Uh, Joe P says, I saw an article suggesting that Blue Jackets should sign Kevin Johnson. To a long-term extension this summer. I only started watching hockey last season, so I don't know all the details about contracts work. But are the Blue Jackets able to sign him long-term this summer? Do you know if there is interest in this from either side? So this is, um, they can extend him. A uh, Kent Johnson. He'll be two years deep. Let me see here. Hang on a second. forget how many games he played at the end of last season he may have two years left on his entry level deal yet okay so he would be going into the last year of his entry level deal next year so they could extend him as of the beginning of, of next season which will be july 1st um i don't have a problem with that. I like the idea of having guys into long term contracts, but it's also not I don't know that it's that big of a deal. He'll be in a RFA when his when his uh entry level is up. It's a peace of mind thing for sure. If I'm the player though, and I think he's I, I think he's had a, quietly a really good season. I think he's one of those guys that you could see pop even further next season. With another off season of, of uh, strength and development and understanding how this league works, he's he feels like a guy that could really take a big step next year. I'd rather have my next several seasons. We're talking to probably be a seven or an eight year deal. I'd rather have that signed. Um, I'd rather I'd rather sign that on on the back of my best season than my second season. So it's, it's a give or take. It's security, it's signing bonus, it's all those things, but, but there's, there's a a trade off there. And if I'm the Blue Jackets and he wants to get something done sooner rather than later, you might sign him to a four or five year deal. So he has one year left of RFA when he's up again. That doesn't go straight to UFA, but you'd like to see this team start to sign their young players, um, identify their cluster of, of leaders and in, in top players going forward and get them under contract. Um, I think it would do a lot of people a lot of good to not have um, RFA fights every other summer with players. So, um, yeah, those are my thoughts. I don't think it's a big deal, though, because he's he'll be at RFA after next season. If I'm the player, I'd want to wait because I think they're going to be – he might be playing with, with, God knows, Bedard or Fantilli next year. Um, he could have an 80-point season next year, and that's what he'd want to negotiate, not off of a 35- or 40-point season like he's having now. So um, that would those are those are my thoughts on that. Uh, James T. says, fun fact, the Sabres secured the worst record, highest draft slot in the McDavid Tankathon in 2015. Who's the final opponent for Columbus this year? Buffalo. Well, there you go. Um, they also ended up with Eichel games so i we don't want any of that uh of that karma to rub off from from uh, buffalo to columbus it's been a long haul for the Sabers. my god are they fun to watch right now um that's then that's going to be a really good team you can you can it is a good team they're they're going to be a really good team um they can they can see what they need to fix now but they've got some serious players and uh it feels like they're starting to emerge, which is awesome. Kevin Adams, long ago, blue jacket, really good guy, uh, full marks to him. I mean, you remember the, the heat that he faced the moment he got that job, um, done a pretty steady, impressive job the last couple of years in that, in that position. There's a a good story there for sure. Um, Patrick D, oh, the dog wing in Hello, everybody. Um, with Cleveland needing help to make the playoffs, this is from Patrick D. Sillinger absolutely tanking his sophomore year, and the Blue Jackets needed to lose game. How does CBJ management justify keeping Sillinger on the NHL roster? So, it's yeah, this this one seems to come up every week now. He, it sure sounds like no one has. They've all said that there's not a timeline that there isn't. They haven't dictated exactly how this is going to go. It sure sounds like he's going there for the playoffs. Um, They've said it in quotes. They've also said that there's no direct date that he's going down. But it sure seems like that's what's been talked about. You wonder. They've got 17 games or so left. They've got a a four-point gap. That's not small. they got to get in. Uh, Kuhlman's is going to join them now. They've got a couple guys banged up again. I've been over this a bunch of different times. I don't under I, I don't get it. If if you think that that uh, Sillinger for his development needs to be in Cleveland, then that's the move you make, and you worry about the Columbus fourth line center after the fact. I will say this: I thought Sillinger was pretty good in Pittsburgh. I think he's played better of late. Uh, so for his development is is the only thing that matters, and if they feel like his development still is occurring and is best for him at the NHL level. Better than he would be at the AHL level, then he's where he needs to be. Um so yeah, th- those are my thoughts. I do think he's been better. I think he's going to go to Cleveland and score in his first game because that's how it works. Um but the other thing I should say and, and we had this conversation the other day I don't worry about him Maybe I should, maybe, maybe others are, I don't worry about him being a long time, very good NHL player. Um, I thought his, his comments, we wrote a story earlier this week about him, his willingness to go to Cleveland. I thought his comments were exactly what you'd want to hear from a player in his situation. I thought the attitude was fantastic. Um, so all of that's, all of that's good. I think, um, And and should be seen as is an optimistic outlook. Let's see here. Uh, Nicholas V says, "Hey Portie, the trade deadline. It was an arms race in the east. Do you think the Blue Jackets rebuild schedule, as well as draft pick capital, is being looked at differently by Yarmo, and more of a long term window for competitive hockey in Columbus? If so, what do you think he does with the late first round pick from LA? Well, um, I think we." I think we already have a read on what Yarmo plans to do with that pick. And I say that because it was acquired and immediately dangled before the Arizona Coyotes. So that pick, that pick has already been identified as a chip that can be used to add immediate help. And I think that's where it's going. If you look at the free agent class of defensemen, That'll be available this summer. It is underwhelming. Free agency in the NHL is underwhelming. So I think their best bet is a trade. And I think that pick is absolutely in play. Now, you hope that the Kings, you don't hope they miss the playoffs because then you don't even have a first round or you got two seconds. That's the condition on the pick. But it would take a monumental collapse for them to miss the playoffs. They got to make the playoffs and you root for them to lose in the first round and make that pick as impressive as possible. I don't have a problem with them keeping the pick and taking another first round talent playing the long game, but I think they are ready to get to add some uh, stability on the back end and some some uh, veterans that can play and people are here when when you say veterans people are hearing good Branson they're hearing um, older players that may have limited abilities I I don't think that's what we're looking at. I think there is an expectation. I know you've heard this almost every summer, at least the last 5, that um teams are going to be up against it with the salary cap. It's still it's growing by only a million dollars this year so there are going to be some issues with that. Can they add a player that way? They absolutely have I think have to add at least one defenseman. Left side, Gavrikov's old spot. Um and I think that is an absolute must. And and if it's a three- or four-year deal, that's fine. Um, and you've still got some flexibility with some of the other guys, with the young guys coming up. Juracek will be here. I don't know if you want to count on him being a top-pair guy with Warensky immediately, but he's going to play somewhere in, in Columbus next year on the right side. Um, so that's one change on the back end, and I think you need a veteran add, and I think that first-round pick will be used for it um so thanks for the questions there nicholas i appreciate it uh let's go back to the queue i believe we've got uh james t james you are james on, you are on, on nationwide. nationwide go ahead, go ahead. Yeah. yeah thanks um so this off season with uh with rfas there's not a ton going on with the blue jackets but some names that jump out are tim bernie marcus bjork um and jacob christensen uh to me it mm-hmm. seems that bernie's you know, they like him. Um, and he's a to get a qualifying offer, but what are your thoughts on, on Bjork and Christiansen with all of the other defensemen kind of the younger defensemen starting to join in the loop? Is there a chance that either of these guys maybe don't get that qualifying offer and become free agents? Um, you know, um, what, I you know you, what? I think you, you make the decision based, based upon their, their ability, ability, ability relative to play in the NHL. <laughs> I don't think you just let those guys go. Um, if if you think that they're NHL uh, optimistic, so I think they'll get qualifying offers. I do, because you don't want to let those players just go. But I, I I don't rule out the Blue Jackets making um, again trades this this uh, summer. I think a an existing defenseman with that first round draft pick could be the dangle. So a, a cheaper defenseman with the first round draft pick for a higher priced defenseman from somewhere else. To provide cap relief um and yeah i I don't think if you think somebody can play in the nhl i think you qualify them and keep them and even if you have to make a minor move and flip him to another franchise for a forward a player you like that's something you do rather than just let a player go um so that would that would be my read the question with qos is, is this guy nhl does he have an nhl future if so i'm not just letting him walk Um, okay, we got Paul B on stage. Paul, go ahead. Fire away, man.
4: Hey, yeah, you guys were talking about the you know free agents and RFA's things like that. Uh, I took I was looking at the list of potential free agents, and it is underwhelming this year compared to normal years. Even last year, you know, they don't really have that standout superstar guy this coming up this season, but. The RFA list is really intriguing. There seems to be a lot of high-quality players on that. You know, would could you see some offer sheets being thrown around by the Blue Jackets this season and if so, you know, if some say one gets accepted or whatever, could they per, are they able to protect their uh their high draft pick this year from uh, being absorbed by the, you know, other team or whatever?
1: Yeah, so the If you put an offer sheet on somebody, the the compensation for that depends on what the offer is. And one of the things that gets that gets lost in this a lot is, it's not just a team putting an offer sheet on somebody. It's not a one-direction act. It's the player saying, it's a player being able to negotiate with the Blue Jackets, Mm -hmm. and the contract they reach, whatever that annual value is, the salary cap it. That determines what the compensation is. So it wouldn't be this year's first round draft pick if it's above $6 million or whatever it is. But it would be futures, and I do not see them doing that. That is a really expensive way to do business. Um, they sniffed around many years ago with Mitch Marner. It takes two to tango. Mm-hmm. A lot of times players are using it to get their own deals done. Um, you see so few offer sheets. It is a dream of uh writers it's a dream of fans it's great drama We're, have, why would we ever have have talked about Yasperi Kokenyemi as much as we have? It's because Carolina poached him from Montreal and now everybody pays attention to it. It was a little ridiculous if you look at the the output um how I mean what a crazy offer and and salary that is for that player it didn't um it didn't really work. Well, there, uh, and it just doesn't happen very often because it's so expensive. So, I would not. To me, that is a that is a near the end of summer. RFA is not signed and is having real problems negotiating with his team.
3: Mm-hmm. And
1: you have exhausted the trade market and free agency is tapped dry. And you need a defenseman, bad, or you need a you need this player, bad. It's a it would be a desperate act in both directions. That'd be my sense. Gotcha.
4: Okay. Yeah, I was just curious, you know, because there are there's a ton of good wingers and a handful of good defensemen. Uh, one name that popped up uh, looks like Vince Dunn uh, out of Seattle. He's an R appending RFA this year, and yeah, they, they're talking about you know negotiations with Rob Fran Ron Francis are kind of sleepy at this point,
1: is how they described yeah. it. Yeah, I would, so I would say in a case like that, that a trade might be more likely uh, traded him as an RFA, and then the Blue Jackets would deal with him as an RFA rather than an offer sheet. Gotcha. Those offer sheets are, are so rare. Okay. Unfortunately. Good. Good to know. Yep. Thanks for the question, Paul. Thanks. Uh, we'll go back to the, the chat room here. We've got a few more minutes. Adam M says, do you feel the wide open lottery odds is increasing the number of teams willing to blatantly tank? Is there a way to incentivize bad teams to keep trying other than regulation? Um I think it kind of actually works the other way, Adam, to be honest with you. I think you can look at Chicago and and recognize that that this from the start has been about finishing last. I don't think the Blue Jackets came into the season at all thinking this way, but it became apparent pretty quickly that that this is you know the course this year. I think the bigger issue cuz most years you don't see this the bigger issue is Conor Bedard is that rare talent at the top um that is driving all of this so i i don't think Anaheim is intentionally losing they're just in a and i mean they've lost at so many veteran players for so long it's come back the other direction now Arizona's its own special sort of wreck right um who else is down there? Columbus, Chicago, oh, San Jose. Again, it's a cyclical, and it's coming for other teams too. Pittsburgh, Washington, eventually, where these they, they've for so long picked so low in the draft order um, that it just it, it catches up to you eventually, and all the good players have moved along, and you're. You're left to rebuild with not a lot of weapons to do it. I think that the fact that the best team or the worst team has only a twenty five percent chance, twenty five point five, to get it done is is just makes it it's just a high risk way to intentionally do this. But if you know you're gonna be bad and not make the playoffs, it's best to be really bad and miss the playoffs. And some teams coming into the season, Chicago especially, could see that coming. Um Matthew M says, when does the Blue Jackets win now window begin? It feels like we're a top center, two top four D and a goalie away from contention. Interesting. Um so I would say I would say you're a one and a two center away. Um I think you're three-top D, although you hope that your check will grow into that. And I'll agree with you in the goalie. Um, I'm not ready to give up on Merzlikens yet, but he's not a young man anymore. It needs to start showing here in many ways quickly. Um, So, uh, you know, they expect to be competitive next year. They expect to be in the playoff race next year. They expected to this year for what that's worth. Um, I think you're probably two or three seasons away from them, if things go well, from them challenging to win, to challenge in the division. Um, but they've got a lot of growth to do between now and then, and a lot of things have to fall into place. There's going to be big changes even on next year's team. We'll see how the lottery goes. It's obviously so important. Voronkov is going to change them down the middle. He's probably a three you should expect to start. Can Sillinger grow into the two eventually? And if so if, if you in three years have Bedard, Sillinger, Voronkov down the middle, and all of those things pan out. I think you like where, where you're at. You've got Boone Jenner on the wing. Somewhere if your check is a top D and can play with Berensky on the top pair in the next couple of seasons, that's great. Is Matejchuk ready? Does Coolimans and Matejchuk make a second pair? Um, this veteran that they signed this summer? Is it that veteran and Kulimans in, in a couple of years that, that they really become a formidable pair? Um, what does Blankenberg become? I mean, there's some potential here. Um, but we know what potential is. We know how it can go off the rails sometimes. Um, so it it's I think they're I think they're a year away if things go well from being competitive and, and making it making the standings look like a different uh beast, a, a different process each morning when you wake up. It's not you're not looking at the bottom of the standings, but the middle of the standings to see if they're gonna get in. And then I think in the years after that, you start looking towards the top of the standings. Um, and hoping that they can challenge in the division. Um, We'll go rapid fire here to get to some people before we wrap. Uh, Adam M. says, I thought CBJ CBJ were going to limit ice time for Boone Jenner to keep his back healthy. At 2015, he tops all of our forwards. Since the coach won't protect him, do you think management will step in and sit him under the guise of health preservation? So this is uh, something we banged on uh, heavy early in the season. And then, Boone missed about a month with a broken, I think it was hand, finger. Um, so there's there's some peace for your back right there. Um, I do think, especially at this point in the season, but it, listen, if you're Brad Larson and you're coaching for your job, which I think if you're in the NHL, you're always coaching for your job. He doesn't have Corrali right now. So he's leaning on Jenner even more. Every defensive zone face-off, um, every big face-off, every big moment when he needs a win, um, that's the center he trusts the most. Can you blame him? And so I, I do – yeah, it's tough because he wants to win as many games. He wants this club to be as competitive as they can be so that he can continue to do what he does. But, but yeah, I – it, it would take management saying no more than 14 minutes a night for Boone. Or we're going to start giving Boone every third game off. Good luck telling Boone that. Um, but I, I, it does seem I, – I know where you're going and I, I know what you're saying because it, it, it's important. And, yeah, the other thing, too, is we're not privy to day-to-day conversations with Boone about um, how's your back? What are you doing? What, what kind of treatment are you going through? It doesn't because he hurt it one season doesn't mean he's going to hurt it this season. Um, we don't know that it's chronically damaged either. So they would have health information for a player that we're just not privy to, and maybe he's feeling great and he's not getting a daily treatment for his back, and so it's not the concern that it seemed to be. Um, but yes, um, when once a guy has a back injury, you're always sort of wary about it. Uh, Daryl C says, will the Blue Jackets keep the Kings' first rounder or use it in a package for a D-man? Um, I stated, I do think they're, I think they're going to trade it or try to, uh, Ed says you're in the arena for most games. I'm guessing, can you tell me why they, the in-game ops doesn't play music and turn it up to drown out other teams when they get loud, the in-game things in the arena are really bad. Um, so one thing I noticed in Pittsburgh is they were drowning their own fans out intentionally at times when the booze would start, um, the let's go pens horn would would play when the fire hextall chants chance started the let's go pens horn would play and they were having a hard a hard time um drowning them out but eventually they came back and when i was listening for the uh, uh love you hextall chants chance at the end of the game didn't hear them um when the game turned around like that but uh yeah so game ops i, I I tend not to weigh in there because I don't know what they're up against, but it is nice to go to some other barns and hear some great music sometimes. Uh, I've been listening for the last couple of months. I'm not sure who this is. Since subscribing, and notice the tone of the conversation has almost entirely left the on-ice performance. That's understandable given the team's circumstances. But it makes me wonder, can you offer a compelling reason or two to drop in and watch games? Sure. Um, Kirill Marchenko. Uh, Kent Johnson. Absolutely. Um. look at the young players development they've been playing their asses off honestly I know people don't want to hear that because they're losing um, but they are going hard I'm not going to tell you how to spend your money but yeah there's some things to watch here and and uh, it's competitive NHL hockey so uh, dog says hello uh, Austin H. says, could CBJ use the L.A. first-round pick and our next year's first to move up in this draft in the top 15? And they could. I think this draft is so good that pe- teams that are up there are going to want to keep that that pick, though. Um, but leave nothing to – and nothing's out of the question on the on the draft floor. Hearing rumors of Austin Matthews making going to free agency, could we trade for him? I think we have the cap space now. You do have the cap space. I'm not sure you've got the trade pieces other than that one. Um, yeah, I don't see that. The rumors, of course, is that Austin Matthews is going to go play for Arizona just in time for the new rink. Um, Chris M. says, Have you heard anything about Seth Jones regretting his decision to go to Chicago? I have not. Um, given the, see, Johnny H. says, Given the need at center and rumors that Arizona will try to move him before his modified no-trade clause kicks in. Do you see the Blue Jackets having any interest in trading for Nick Schmaltz? His AAV is just $6 million. Um, and then Johnny corrects to say under $6 million. Um, I don't see them doing that until we know what the draft lottery holds. To me, that's a, a move you make after you know if the lottery is your friend or not. And I think Schmaltz is the guy you consider, but I'm not sure he's a target put it that way. Andy J says, do you think the CBJ make a coaching change this summer? A coaching change. I'll give myself a caveat here. I do think they make a coaching change. I'm not sure it's the head coach. I'm not sure which coach it is, but I'll bet there is a new coach on staff this summer. How's that for docking a question right on the way out the door? Um, folks, thanks for listening. Really appreciate it. Really appreciate it. We'll do this again next week. The questions are great as always. Um, Keep the faith. We'll keep uh, cranking along. Story later today on Coolermans. We'll get a story tomorrow morning, taking a closer look at the teams at the bottom of the NHL standings. And of course on Sundays, uh, this Sunday, we've got a story about Kent Johnson and his friendship with who else? Connor Bedard as the lead of the uh, Blue Jackets Sunday gathering. So thanks for tuning in. Thanks for being with us. And we will talk to you soon. Take care.